Hello, dear friends. This is Pastor Evangelist Robert Venable. We welcome you to our website and to this Bible study. Uh, I get excited when we come to the Word of God because I know the potential. If you have a good ground heart as a child of God and you come in to expose yourself to the Word of God, if it gets in a good ground heart like seed in good ground where it's planted, it will bring forth fruit 30, 60, and 100 fold. <laughs> there's, there's, there's something very powerfully, potentially wonderful uh, about making progress as a Christian because of the way that you receive the Word of God into your heart and into your life. The very fact that you are here today for a Bible study denotes to me, and I believe to God who knows our hearts uh, and sees how we are reacting and responding to His call to come close to Him and get ready for the soon coming of Jesus in these last days, we're glad you are here for a Bible study. You know, the scripture said, forsake not the assembling of yourself together as the manner of some is, but much more as you see the day approaching, exhorting one another. So we're glad you're here today. I commend you for being here and I welcome you here. If you're a brand new listener, we welcome you today. And if you are not a Christian, I pray that you will stay tuned and maybe you will understand this this wonderful, wondrous, mysterious, but very personal, practical God that we serve. Amen. And the Lord Jesus Christ, His Son, that He gave for us that we might be saved. And the precious person of the Holy Spirit today, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit that make up the one true living, loving, lifting, listening, liberating God that we serve. Well, I'm preaching uh, before I'm teaching, and it's hard to do one without the other. That's why I'm a pastor slash evangelist. Today, I'm going to do the work of an evangelist and reach out, and while reaching out with a pastor's heart to everyone that hears this broadcast. Uh, we are discussing a subject that is important that we know uh, in our heart how how to react to, and that is when the trials of life come, when the pressure is on, when circumstances seem to overwhelm us, when our heart is broken and crushed by some event in our life, how God can use all of that and does use all of that to cause us to grow and to mature, not to be weakened and to be, be battered and beaten and beleaguered but to be better, <laughs> better when we come through it, and we will get through it if we keep our trust in the Lord. And that's what we want to develop today. We want an unflinching, unfailing trust in God in the midst of things that we may not understand, uh, but we can appreciate the fact that in the midst of our trials, in the midst of our testings, God is in control and God will bring us through because He is faithful. So we're talking about growing, growing in the fire. It is from a sermon I preached years ago, this teaching in depth from a sermon, Growing in the Furnace 
of affliction. I want to read today once again to refresh. If you want to catch up, you can go to our website as you're already on and back up to the previous teaching on this subject on Let's Talk About Jesus on our menu. But right now we want to continue forward on this subject of growing in the fire. Second Thessalonians chapter 1, 1 through 4. Listen to it carefully. It says, Paul and Silvanus and Timothy unto the church at Thessalonica. In God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, grace unto you and peace from God and our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. We're bound to thank God always for you, brethren, as is meet. Because that your faith, here, here's the growth and the circumstance in which this growth is occurring. And I want you to know this growth is being accelerated by the circumstance that they are in. And before we read any further here in verse 3, it would seem when we read this first part of this that people have come back from some great, and I'm going to put it in modern terms, some, some great revival meetings, some great faith convention, some great uh, 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 situation where their faith has been lifted up, our love for one another is expanding, and, and we are ready to go for God no matter how the trials and tests that may come our way. That's not where this growth is occurring. Uh, it can occur there, but the problem is you can't live at the convention. You can't live at that revival meeting, but I believe we can live in the revival that God wants to send every child of his Amen. I believe that we can live in a place that even when the pressures and problems come, we can be a rejoicing people in the full knowledge and understanding that not only is God going to bring us through these things because of his faithfulness, but he's going to develop us. He's going to use what the devil meant for evil for good in spite of the intentions of our enemy and in spite of the weakness of our own flesh. Praise God. God is in control and he loves you and he loves me today. So let's begin reading once again verse 3. I want you to see the growth in the fire here. Listen, we are bound to thank God always for you, brethren, as is meet or appropriate because that your Faith groweth exceedingly. And the charity, the divine agape love here, that's what that means, of every one of you all toward each other aboundeth. Praise God. Love is, it, this word aboundeth means a river in the Greek that is at flood tide. It's come over its banks. It's abounding. Praise God. It's increasing. Faith is growing exceedingly. Love is growing uh, in, and increasing exceedingly. So that we ourselves glory in you, in the churches of God, for your patience and faith. Here's the circumstance in which this accelerated growth is occurring. In all your persecutions and tribulations that you endure. In all, in the midst of these fiery tests 
and trials. If what the devil meant to hurt and harm, number one, God is going to bring them through. But not only that, but they're going to experience excessive growth in the midst of these things. <laughs> exceedingly. Faith grows exceedingly in that furnace of affliction. I want to read verse 3 and 4 from the Amplified and a couple of things from the Old Testament to verify what we're saying here in just a moment. Listen to what it says in verse 3 and 4 from the Amplified New Testament. We ought and indeed are obligated as those in debt to give thanks always to God for you, brethren, as is fitting because your faith is growing exceedingly and the love of every one of you each each toward the others is increasing and abounds. And this is a cause for our mentioning you with pride among the churches, assemblies of God, uh, for your steadfastness, your unflinching endurance and patience, and your firm faith in the midst of all the persecutions and crushing distresses and afflictions under which you are holding up. Praise God. You're not going under your standing. You're holding up in the midst of all of these things. Amen. I want to read uh, something to you from 1 Corinthians 10. And I want to make a statement before I read it. Don't be afraid. God is with you. And He is in control. He's not just with you. He is in control when things seem out of control. God is with you, and He is in control. And He promised to go with us even through the fire. Listen to what is, is stated here uh, so factually and so clearly in 1 Corinthians 10 and verse 13. There hath no temptation taken you but such as is common to man. But God is faithful. Now, I want to stop and back up to temptation. This word temptation doesn't just cover this, this, uh, 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 the tempter, the enemy, or our own weak flesh, uh, having a propensity, uh, towards sinfulness, breaking God's laws, doing what we know is wrong. That's part of it, but only part of it. If you've lost a loved one and you don't understand why this person is taken so early uh, or by some accident or happenstance, that's part of the temptation that has taken us. This, this, this pressure, this anguish, this that we are having, struggling to endure, struggling to understand. No temptation has taken you, but such as is common to man common to man. You see, we live in faulty bodies in a fallen world. We have a formidable foe in the enemy, but that's all okay because we have a faithful father. And listen to how this comes over. There is no temptation taking you, but such is as is common to man. But God is faithful who will not suffer or allow you to be tempted above that that you are able but will with the temptation. You see, it's going through the fire, not being delivered from the fire. To deliver us from the fire, He would take, have to take us out of this world, take us on to heaven. Amen. He would have to do that to take us away from the pressure of a fallen world. 
He would, he would have to literally take us out of this world to escape the fiery trials that will and do occur in this world. Hearts will be broken. There will be pressure that seems to be above that that we can bear, and we want to escape all of that. But we can't escape it, but we can and we must endure it with the kind of patience and perseverance that God develops when we go through it. There's a greater dependency on the Holy Spirit. That's why love for one another abounds, because it's His love it's not this religious brand of love that breaks down at the slightest little insult or, or disappointment in someone. Listen, this is the God kind of love. It's the kind of love that held Jesus on that cross because, believe me, nothing could have held him there and no one could have held him there. Not those guards beneath it, not all the armies of Rome or the world, uh, not any, not those nails that impaled him. Listen, what held him on that cross was his great love and the Father's great love for you and for me. Praise God. There is no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted above that that ye are able, but will with the temptation also make a way of escape that ye may be able to bear it, that you might be able to bear it. You see, friend, the fiery trials come because we're Christian. They come because the enemy is always going to be coming against us as long as we are here in this body, in this fallen world. This foe is going to be coming against us. He is the author of all of the destruction, the sickness, the disease, all of the terrible things that have come upon the world. He is the author of it. He gained access through Adam's sin to this planet, and he has influence over it. The Bible speaks of those outside the kingdom of God, that, that the whole world outside of God's kingdom lieth in wickedness, literally in the power and the influence of the evil one. So fiery trials come simply because we have become followers of Jesus Christ. And it's our identification with Him and with God that causes the enemy to, to attack us. He can't hurt God. He wants to hurt us. He can't get back at God. But what, what really gets to the Father is to see what the enemy is doing to his creation. His great love for fallen man caused him to send his only son to die upon the cross that he might redeem us. God is faithful. Praise God. Hallelujah. And we're told not to think it strange that fiery trials are going to come. I want to read from Isaiah out of the Amplified. This, this, for time's sake, I just want to go straight to this. Uh, Isaiah chapter 43 about the faithfulness of God in the midst of trials and testings. It says, but now in spite of past judgments for Israel's sins, thus saith the Lord, he who created you, O Jacob, he who formed you, O Israel, fear not, 
for I have redeemed you, ransomed you by paying a price instead of leaving you captives, called you by your name, you are mine. When, when, not if, verse 2, when you pass through the waters, I will be with you. Through the rivers, they will not overwhelm you. When you walk, not if, but when, when you walk through the fire, you will not be burned or scorched, nor will the flame kindle upon you. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. Hallelujah. I, I give Egypt and to the Babylonians for, for, for your ransom, Ethiopia and Seba, a province of Ethiopia, in exchange for your release, because you are precious in my sight and honored, and because I love you. Praise God. God said, I'm faithful because I love you. And let's read Isaiah, backing up a little bit here, one page probably in your Bible, Isaiah chapter 41, and let's read some scripture here, beginning with verse 10. Fear not, there's nothing to fear, for I'm with you. Do not look around you in terror and be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen and harden you to difficulties. Yes, I will help you. Yes, I will hold you up and retain you with my victorious right hand of righteousness and justice. Hallelujah. Praise God. Verse 13 says, For I, the Lord your God, hold your right hand. I am the Lord who says to you, Fear not, I will help you. And verse 14, Fear not, you worm Jacob, you men of Israel. I will help you, says the Lord. Your Redeemer is the Holy One of Israel. You know, I love the Scripture back in the Old Covenant once again that says when the enemy comes in like a flood... Hallelujah. You see, when you go through the waters, they will not overflow you. When the enemy comes in like a flood, the Bible said that the Lord will raise up a standard against him. Hallelujah. When the devil comes with the intentions of overwhelming you and overcoming you, and he would if it were not for God intervening, God is faithful. Praise the Lord. God is faithful. Hallelujah. Listen, listen very carefully to this. Hallelujah. Isaiah 59 and verse 19 says, So as a result of Messiah's intervention, they shall reverently fear the name of the Lord from the west and his glory from the rising of the sun. When the enemy shall come in like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord will lift up a standard against him and put him to flight, for he will come like a rushing stream of which the breath of the Lord drives. Amen. But, but he, the Messiah, shall come, Christ, literally in verse 20, as a redeemer to Zion and to those in Jacob, Israel, who turn from transgression, saith the Lord. Hallelujah. God says he's going to intervene. When you go through the waters, they threaten to overflow you, but God is faithful. He's going to bring you through that. He's going to bring me through it. Praise God. Why? Because God 
is faithful, who will not allow you to be tempted above that that you are able to bear, who will with the temptation make a way of escape that you might be able to bear it. And so therefore we're instructed to take a brand new attitude when trials come. Let me make a statement about that. Don't be surprised, okay? Don't feel like like something is happening to you that doesn't happen to people in general down here in this faulty body and this fallen world with this foe that we have to face. But do not be afraid. That's something that God says over and over again. Don't be afraid that the enemy will win. Don't be afraid that God will forsake you. God is faithful. When you go through the fire, it won't kindle because I'm with you. When you go through the floods and the rivers, they won't drown you because I am with you. God said, I will intervene. Hallelujah. To give us everything we need to not be overcome and to not be overwhelmed. So we should praise God anyway. Listen to First Peter chapter 4 verse 12 and 13. It said, Beloved, think it not strange concerning the fiery trial which has come to try you as some strange thing has happened unto you. But rejoice insomuch as ye are partakers of Christ's sufferings, that when his glory shall be revealed, ye may be glad also with exceeding joy. You know, Jesus said, as part of the persecutions, part of the temptations down here, which comes under the heading of persecutions, when they cast your, not if, not if, when they cast your name out as evil, and speak all manner of evil against you. Rejoice and be exceedingly glad, for great is your reward in heaven. In other words, you're being so identified with Christ who is going to give you a crown of glory, a crown of righteousness when you get home. Amen. We should start rejoicing that we are on that side of things that we're being persecuted because we belong to God and because God belongs to us because we are Christian today. Hallelujah. But rejoice. Rejoice in so much as you are partakers of Christ's sufferings that when His glory shall be revealed you may be glad also with exceeding joy. So a consistently Rejoicing heart is a characteristic of a flourishing faith. And this faith is flourishing in the furnace of affliction. So don't be afraid. God is with you. And what the devil meant for evil, as Joseph said in the Old Testament, God means for good. He looked back on all of it and said, You meant it for evil. You really wanted to hurt and harm me, but God wants and wills to bless me. And friend, when those kind of battles occur, God always wins because God is all-powerful and God is in control. 
Hallelujah. And instead of faith being diminished because of the trials, faith has been accelerated. Faith has grown stronger because of the trial and because of the testing, because we discover the sufficiency of His grace. We discover, amen, the strength of His love toward us. We discover His faithfulness. When trials come and our faith may be shaky or shaken, His faithfulness never fails. And we become, therefore, more dependent on the Holy Spirit and less dependent on ourselves. So, that that agape love that is that shed abroad in their hearts only by the Holy Spirit is now abounding toward one another. And the Bible said not only is faith growing exceedingly, but the charity or divine agape love of every one of you all aboundeth to each other. Praise God. The love of each one of you toward one another grows even greater. Paul has prayed for their love to increase in his first letter to the church of Thessalonica. 1 Thessalonians 3 and verse 12. His prayer was, May the Lord cause you to increase and abound in love for one another and for all men, just as we do for you. Praise God. Amen. It's in times of pressure that God's love becomes more important and more evident. As we go to Him and seek refuge, we discover the tenderness and the tenacity of His love for us. The same love that flows to us in our brokenness flows through us to others. And the result is an abounding or flourishing love. Isn't that incredible? The devil is wanting to hurt us. He's wanting to harm us. He's coming in like a flood. But God is in control. And God develops us and doesn't allow the trial to destroy us and gives us what we need to endure it rather than just escape it. What we're escaping here is the result of it, which is meant to be our destruction, our discouragement, our defeat. But instead, we grow and we flourish Hallelujah. And we flow over. Praise God. I want to say, I want to say this again. As we go to Him and seek refuge, we discover the tenderness and the tenacity of His love for us. The same love that flows to us in our brokenness flows through us to others. So the result is abounding love. Praise God. That's how we keep this wonderful, wonderful commandment that is such a witness to the world about us in John thirteen, thirty four and 35, where Jesus says, A new commandment I give unto you, that ye love one another. As I have loved you. See, this has got to be divine. This has got to be agape. This has got to be supernatural. Because the love that we are loved with that held Jesus to that cross is divine love. Hallelujah. And He wants us to love one another as I have loved you that ye also love one another. By this 
shall all men know. They may not admit it, acknowledge it, but deep in their heart of hearts they will know that you are my disciples if you have loved one to another. This is a witness to the world that we are truly the followers of Jesus Christ. So we're to love one another as He loved us. Abounding love for one another does not result from our commitment to love in our strength, but by receiving Christ's great love for us and letting that same love that's flowing to us flow out from us to others. Praise God. This is, this is incredible. What God does to thwart the enemy is not remove the enemy from the earth and not remove us from the earth and therefore take us beyond the reach of the enemy, but to fulfill a prayer that Jesus prayed when he prayed, Father, don't take them out of the world. Don't take them out of the world. See, we're the light of the world and we are the salt of the earth as we represent and mirror Jesus. So don't take them out of the world. I'm not praying that. Here's what he prayed in John 17. But keep them from the evil one. Keep them from the evil one. Keep them from the intentions of the evil one. They're going to be tried. They're going to be tested. And he also told him this. He said, Father, I want you to love them with the same love wherewith you have loved me. I want you to love them with that same agape love, that same supernatural love, that same God kind of love, and let them have it one to another, that the world may know that they belong to me and I belong to them, and they are my disciples. Listen, friend, if you're going through a fire retrial today God is going to develop you your faith is going to grow keep your trust in him run to him lean more heavily on him I've been in ministry pastoral ministry here in the city of Tampa for going on 46 years I became pastor of the Holy Church of God in 1974 Wow, four decades and counting. I have been married happily and still happy for all of these years, 50, 46 years in ministry. And now we are into our 50 plus years of marriage. Every trial has only strengthened our faith in God. It has only strengthened our marriage. We lean more heavily on Christ and we lean more heavily on our Father. We lean more heavily on the Holy Spirit than ever before. And we lean more heavily, therefore, on one another. And, oh, God has been faithful God has been faithful. When someone asked me, 
How have you weathered so many storms? How have you gotten through it all? I tell them simply, it's Jesus. I lean heavily on Jesus. And if you don't know Him, you can come to Him, repent of your sins, and receive Him as your Savior right now, and lean on Jesus, and come back next week and let's talk more about Jesus.